Good morning, church family. Good morning. Let's give our praise and worship team a round of applause this morning. It is so good to be with you. It is so good to be with you. I appreciate that you have decided to celebrate Father's Day with us here at WFR Church. If you're tuning in online, I want to welcome you to our services this morning. I want to speak to you a lesson I've taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. I am continuing a series called Follow Me to Church, talking about the local church, which is you and me. It's not a building, um, it's not staff, it's not a geographical location. It is men and women who are joined together as members and citizens of the kingdom of God, where the Lord Jesus Christ is the ruling king. I think there's a lot of value in corporate worship. I'm going to talk to you about that at the end of this lesson. But today, I want to talk to you about something unique that happens when the body of Christ gets together. The first thing we talked about is we get a mission to live. And our mission is to live out the Great Commission in the spirit of the greatest command. But when the church gets together, we also get examples to follow. Uh, You and I... As members of the citizen of the king, as members and citizens of the kingdom of heaven, follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and we follow those who follow Jesus. And that's what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. He says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the life of the Apostle Paul, who's the writer of this particular text, their lives are complete. Those are complete lives. And what that means is anything you come up against in life, whatever life throws your way, whatever season of life that you find yourself in, you can look to the life of the Lord Jesus Christ And you can follow his example or look to the life of the Apostle Paul and follow his example and you'll be on the right track. Now, while the life of the Lord Jesus is complete and the life of the Apostle Paul is complete, their lives are not exhaustive. And what that means is they haven't experienced every single uh, trivial, minuscule, microscopic detail of life that perhaps you have faced and perhaps I have faced. For example... Marriage. Those guys weren't married. Kids. They didn't have kids. Finances and how to manage that with a bride and children. And so when we are trying to figure out how to, how to walk along life's path, when we gather together as the church, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we can look around and find examples to follow. And I just want to take a moment to say that my life is the product of following great examples. I've been blessed to to obey the gospel and follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. But my dad, he may be uh, listening or watching online, uh, is is the best example of a Christ follower that I know. And I've been blessed to be able to follow his example. And I'm thankful for my dad. My mom's dad uh, is the second best example. And if he's watching or listening, I just wanted to give him a shout out. My wife's grandfather uh, is the third really great example 
of a Christ follower that I've been able to follow in my life. And, and Adrian Hickman from Capstone Treatment Center, kind of the four men who really invested in me and developed me and gave me an example to follow. And I celebrate them. I, I've been mentored um, and discipled by lots of our own leadership. Paul Stevens and I uh, actually spent quite a bit of time together this last week. And I just thought to myself, Lord, you have just put me in the situation time and time again where I've been able to be mentored and encouraged and discipled by some unbelievable men. And we have some incredible guys at this church that have also mentored and and discipled me. I've been blessed to be able to follow their example. And I want to encourage you as dads. Right? So here's the pressure we can feel. We got to lead our families. We got to provide. We got to uh, share the gospel, not just with our words, but with our lifestyle. We got to be on mission for the Lord Jesus. And we've got to live as citizens of a different kingdom, even though we are living on earth. And it feels like there's all this pressure on us as dads. And that's not just dads, that's also moms too. We've got moms who feel the same pressure, help provide, and help evangelize our own children, not just with words, but by our lifestyle and, and be on mission for the Lord Jesus as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So all this pressure to lead, and I just want to release that pressure from your shoulders this morning. You do not have to be a good leader to win in life. Jesus already won every battle you'll ever face on the cross at Calvary. All you got to do is be a real good follower. Can I get an amen? And you and I can do that. We may not be great leaders. I'm not necessarily a great leader, but I promise you this, I can follow somebody. Amen. Okay. If we look at the writings of the apostle Paul, there are three times where he says distinctly, I want you to follow my example or I want you to imitate me. And so as you're living your life, dads, or you're living your life, moms, or you're just, just trying to make it to the finish line, I want you to remember the three things that we get, which are the purposes Paul intends for us to understand each time he mentions that he's an example that he wants us to follow or that we should imitate him. The first purpose of an example the Apostle Paul wants you and I to understand is that examples are given to you and I to teach us the how to live. If you want to figure out how to live, follow an example, listen to this, of somebody who has done it right. Okay? You want to figure out how to live, follow the example of somebody who's done it right. This is in Philippians chapter 3. I've got this on your app, so I'm looking at a couple of different places uh, in, in the Scriptures that will teach us about the purpose of an example, which is what happens when we get together as the body of Christ, the church. Join together, says Paul, in following my example. I want to pause right there and just say that that joining together... Is, is being the church. So when you join together and you get together as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, as men and women who have obeyed the gospel and been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. When you join together, he says, when you get together, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live like we live. For, as I have often told you before and now tell you again, 
even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Wisdom for us today is to look up to good examples, to find people whose lives model the life of Jesus Christ and keep our eyes on those individuals. Those people specifically live as citizens of a different country. They live as citizens of a different country. I have been blessed with the opportunity to travel to some different countries. And can I just say, when I, I'm specifically talking about me, travel to a different country, I stand out like a sore thumb, okay? I'm very used to the lifestyle we have here in Western culture. But let me, let me tell you some observations, okay? The first thing that I notice in a different country is that they talk differently than I talk, all right? They just talk a little bit differently. Okay, some of them have accents. There's even different languages. They talk differently. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven should talk differently than individuals who are not citizens of the kingdom of heaven. All right, on a different note, uh, in different countries, they eat different foods. Had the opportunity to go to India, and they basically eat a vegetarian diet. True story, I detoxed from sugar while I was in India unintentionally. Didn't realize they didn't have simple sugar as part of their diet. Went over there after a week, went through a sugar detox. And I had the worst, this is true, the worst sugar cravings I've ever had in my life about a weekend to a mission trip in India. As we were leaving, this just precious jewel of a lady served us a cup of coffee. And, and right alongside the coffee was this huge jar of what looked like cane sugar. And she also served us these flatbread cakes. I'm just going to chase this rabbit trail for a little bit. And I told him, I said, ma'am, this is going to seem really strange, but I just can't resist what I'm about to do. I grabbed one of those pieces of flatbread cake and the jar of sugar, kid you not, and poured it all over this thing. And there was a little cake, flatbread, with a lot of sugar. And, man, I ate that thing like it was going out of style. Uh I promise you in that moment, she could tell I was a citizen of a different country, all right, for sure. Uh, in different countries, they drive on the wrong side of the road. So I'm overseas. I've got a lot of stories I could, I could share, but this is just one more real quick. I was overseas. They drive on a different side of the road. I'm with these guys. They park their vehicle in a place you're not supposed to park. And I'm not saying it was an illegal uh, act of parking, but they weren't supposed to park there. All right. And they said, you wait in the car. We have to run inside. If anybody comes up, you just tell them you only speak English and that'll buy you like five minutes of time. We'll be right back. So I'm in the vehicle, it's parked where it's not supposed to be parked, these guys leave, and I start thinking to myself, could I operate this vehicle driving on the wrong side of the road, trying to obey traffic signs that I can't even read, 
And here comes this guy kind of just walking up a little bit. So I, right then I went through my mind and I was thinking, I am not a citizen of this country. If I get in an automobile accident or cause a wreck, or I'm dry, what would happen to me? Thankfully, these guys beat this individual back out in the car. They hop in. We speed off all on mission for King Jesus. Amen. <laughs> um, in, in the margin of my Bible. In this particular passage of Scripture in Philippians 3, I have written citizen of heaven versus citizen of earth. And I've tried to ask myself as a dad what type of citizen I look the most like. Do I look like somebody who is really a citizen of earth or do I look like someone who's really a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Here's a really easy way to understand that. A citizen of the kingdom of heaven serves the Lord Jesus Christ as their ruling king because he sits on his throne as the ruler of the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of earth, my best guess about your life is that the person you try to sit on the throne of the kingdom of earth is your own self. And so the question is, do you tend to serve and worship the Lord Jesus Christ in all you do? And if the answer to that is yes, you are living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Or do you tend to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, positioning your own self on the throne of your own kingdom? If that's true, you're living as a citizen of the kingdom of earth. Citizens of heaven parent differently. Citizens of heaven have different types of marriages than citizens of earth. Citizens of heaven manage their finances differently. And we could go on and on and on and on. That's what Paul's talking about here in Philippians 3. We also wait on our Savior, Paul says in Philippians 3. We're waiting on our Savior. We're eagerly expecting the return of Jesus Christ. What are you eagerly expecting in life? For some of us, it's a promotion. If we're single in high school or college, we're focused on getting the right girl or the right guy. We're expectantly waiting for that relationship to come to fruition. If you're in college, you might be thinking about making the right grade. If you're in your career and your career is established, you may be expecting to achieve a particular milestone. All those things are okay. They're just citizen of earth kinds of expectation. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven eagerly await the return of our Lord and King, Jesus. Because we understand that we'll be transformed to be like Him. This is our victory and the end of our story. This is what we are working towards. This is what we are thankful for. And this is the hope that we have, which is unique to citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Citizens of the kingdom of earth, Paul says, end in destruction. As a matter of fact, they are actually taking glory in things that are shameful. In my life before Christ, I I am sorry to admit I bragged about sinful things that I was involved in. I took glory in things that now I look back on and I'm grieved in my spirit because I realize these things are shameful. These things are embarrassing and humiliating. But as a citizen of the kingdom of earth, I'm afraid to to say I too fell in that group of individuals who took glory in those things. Citizens of the kingdom of earth are consumed with satisfying their flesh. Their God is their stomach. Now, Paul's not saying dads can't enjoy a steak dinner on Father's Day, okay? What he is saying is that 
citizens of the kingdom of earth are consumed with satisfying their flesh. That's what they're consumed with. On the contrary, citizens of the kingdom of heaven are consumed with rescuing others from living a life where they're constantly seeking to satisfy their flesh. Their mind is set on earthly things, those who are members of the uh, those who are citizens of the kingdom of earth, and they don't have any hope because they are, they have not made Jesus the Lord of their kingdom. Look away from these bad examples and look towards good examples to simply answer the question, how do I make it through this life to the finish line? The second purpose of an example that Paul gives us is to encourage our hustles. To encourage our hustles. The first thing an example gives us is the how of life. The second thing is it encourages our hustles. Second Thessalonians 3 says this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. Listen to verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We weren't idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary... We worked night and day laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we don't have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves, here's this phrase again, as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They aren't busy, they're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. As for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. If you're a parent, if you're a dad, you likely feel the grind of the hustle. And you know what I'm talking about. Making it happen day after week, after month, after year, after decade. That's the hustle. And the Bible teaches us that there, that that is a very biblical, godly thing to do. There is a lot of honor in gutting it out day after week, after month, after year in the vocation and life that God has called you to live out. I believe that hard work is both a lost art and a required trait For individuals who want to be members of the kingdom of heaven. First thing I would tell you about this passage of scripture is to get to work. To value hard work. To push yourself to work hard. And to really get started doing something. Not only get to work, but keep on working. Keep on grinding. Keep on gutting it out. I promise you, if you do not grow weary in doing good... If you keep on going, if you keep on gutting it out, if you keep on grinding it out, if you don't grow weary in doing good, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. I want to, read, I want to tell you a story about a guy named Richard Montanez. He grew up in the 1960s in California. He lived in a one-room cinder block house at a labor camp with his 11 siblings. He was a first-generation he came from a first-generation immigrant family. 
He dropped out of school as a fourth grade student and got a job as a janitor at age 18 at the Frito-Lay Corporation in Southern California. When he got the job, as he would later say, his desire was to become the best janitor Frito-Lay had ever seen. Before he started work, his dad said, son, you mop that floor so well that they have to ask who in the world is responsible for this, and you tell them that a Montañez man is. After he got the job with Frito-Lay, he realized that the Frito-Lay company was not marketing to the Latino culture very well. He took some Cheetos home that hadn't been cheesed yet, And he and his wife developed a recipe that he decided to pitch to the Frito-Lay company. He called the CEO, introduced himself as a janitor, told them his pitch, and was given a chance to make the pitch to the executives of Frito-Lay at the time. A few short months later, flaming hot Cheetos were mass-produced and marketed all around the globe. Here's the story of an individual who really got busy where he was at. He got to work. He worked hard. He kept on working. And doors began to open. You may be past your working age. You may be retired. God bless you if that's you. Us young dads really need you to invest in us. Partially because sometimes it's hard to imagine we'll ever get there. Amen? You may be past working age, you may be retired, you may be disabled and unable to have a regular job. That's not necessarily what Paul is telling us here. This is how I would say this. In your life, make productivity a priority. Be productive. Be productive. You can be productive in any season of life, in any stage of life, under any circumstances. Be productive. The less idle you are the less disruptive you will be. The more productive you are, the more difficult it will be for you to get snared in sin. This particular set of verses talks about the sin of complaining and grumbling about others. How do you do all of that? How do you make that happen? You learn to find satisfaction in the work. I've said a couple of times, and I'll say it again, Scripture teaches you and I, if we will not grow weary in doing good, we will reap a harvest. Now, we, not, we may not come up with something as, as dietary changing as flaming hot Cheetos, and I acknowledge that, all right? But that's not our role. Our role is to love others the way Jesus Christ loved us. And to share the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection with every nation, tribe, and tongue. But if we'll find satisfaction in being productive, what we will learn is that it is satisfying to live the life God's called us to live with vigor by being productive. The the last purpose of an example, if we're looking at the writings of Paul, is found just a couple of pages uh, forward in your Bible Uh, examples provide us with hope. Examples give us the how of life. How should we live as citizens of heaven and not of earth? They encourage our hustle. Just valuing being productive and finding satisfaction in our work and understanding that God will bless 
the works of our hands if we don't grow weary in doing good. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul talks about examples giving us hope and he's referring to himself specifically here. He says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience. Here's that phrase again, as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul right here calls himself the worst of the worst. He's saying, never before me has there been anyone as bad as I was. And there's never been a story of transformation quite like mine. And he says the reason this has happened to him was not for his benefit. It was so that everybody else who would follow after him could realize he's an example that proves no one is too far gone. You've never sinned too much. You've never gone down so deep in a dark valley. You have never lived in drought for so long that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot completely and totally transform your life, giving you exceedingly abundantly above what your imagination can even comprehend. There is no situation in any father's life this morning that God cannot mend. There's no marriage that cannot be restored. There's no family that cannot be renewed. There's no career. There's no financial situation. There is nothing on earth that is too far gone for our God to not heal. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And He lived a perfect, sinless life so that you and I, could be made righteousness by Him who knew no sin as a result of the sacrifice He made for us on the cross of Calvary. Your situation is not hopeless. In the Lord Jesus Christ, you have hope. Paul says no situation is too far gone. Ever. No matter what. Hope helps you and I to keep going, friend. Hope literally lightens our burden. Hope also satisfies our soul. If you feel a little bit burdened this morning, or you're just not quite satisfied in life, or you don't feel like you can keep on going, I want to challenge you this morning. Remember the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel story is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the tail end of that chapter, Paul says... Praise be to God who has granted us victory in Jesus Christ our Lord. If you want to keep going, if you want to lighten your load, or you want to find satisfaction, you'll find it by following the right example, by being the right example, and making it to the finish line. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7, I don't have this on screen, I've got it in your notes, says... Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate your faith. 
Dads, moms, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that God has put people in your life to point the way to the cross of Jesus Christ to you. If you'll simply look around and look to Jesus, you'll find a way out of your situation and into the will of God. You don't have to feel the pressure to lead. You don't have to feel the pressure to forge your own path or to march to the beat of of a different drum. You simply have to look around at the example God has put before you and the the prime example of our Lord Jesus Christ and follow those examples and you'll make it to the finish line. Let's bow. Precious Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful uh, for the opportunity we have to just learn from your word. And I'm so thankful for the, the blessing that you have placed in my life personally by putting examples around me that I could follow when I didn't know what to do and don't know what to do as a dad or as a husband or in ministry. God, you've put men in my life who can provide encouragement and wisdom and direction just by living the way that they live. God, I believe that there are some who need that encouragement and who need that wisdom. And I pray that if, if they have not first looked to you as their Lord and King, you would strengthen them right now this morning and that they would respond and choose to surrender their all for you. And God, I ask that if any are just burdened down, road-weary and struggling, that they'd also be strengthened to respond this morning so that men and women who are, are examples to them in their life could surround them and encourage them and uplift them. I ask all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Please stand while together we sing.